Hello, and welcome to the Eisner Amper podcast series. I'm your host, Alana Margulies-Snyderman, and with me today is James Roebuck, Managing Partner, and Michelle Kong, Partner at Opera Investment Partners, a Zurich-based firm that invests in European emerging managers. Today, James and Michelle will share with us the outlook for investing in European emerging managers, including the greatest opportunities, challenges, how the firm is integrating ESG, DEI, and more. Hi, James and Michelle. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hi, Alana. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Absolutely. So to kick off the conversation, tell us a little about the firm and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. So happy to kick us off. Um, Opera is a specialist asset manager based in Zurich, Switzerland, as you've mentioned. Uh, We invest alongside emerging private equity managers, which includes both emerging funds and deal co-investments alongside independent sponsors. Uh, We are three founding partners and we set up the company in Q4 2020 after we had spun out of another niche fund of fund where we had been investing for over 10 years. With that transition, uh, we were able to bring with us significant IP around origination, selection, and portfolio management, and also some key investor relationships. So for example, uh, that includes a prominent US foundation, which is our anchor LP here at Opera. Since then, we've uh, we've raised and committed over 100 million euros uh, as part of our Fund One program, which is a 2021 vintage. And more recently, we've had a first closing of our second fund in the second quarter of this year. And for fund two, we're really looking to pursue the same strategy, uh, but with higher targeted commitments of 200 million euros. Great journey. So given your outlook for investing in European emerging managers, love to hear your perspective for the space going forward. Sure, it's a good place to start, Alana, and and perhaps to set the stage a little. Um, at Opera, we focus exclusively on emerging managers within small cap private equity. Um, so in Europe, that's fund sizes of between fifty and two hundred million, and median deal EVs of around twenty million. Um, we're, we're targeting this sub segment as it remains inefficient and underpenetrated compared to larger parts of the market. Um, this then allows for these asymmetric type opportunities and, and the forex gross potential, um, which is really what we're looking for at the company level. Um, in, in terms of the outlook from here, uh, it looks increasingly positive, uh, I must say, uh, and is largely driven by what has been an overall increase in quality within the manager and company landscapes. So, for example, at the company level, um, there are now a large number of highly attractive small cap software and tech enabled companies um, driven by these trends in digitization and automation. Um, And of course, the recurring differentiated higher margin potential of these business models um, and more attractive valuations as well um, has created a significant opportunity. Um, And so the the outlook uh, uh, is very favorable. Um, That said, the last 12 months have not been easy, um, particularly for emerging managers raising blind pool capital. And we actually saw several instances of managers putting spin-out plans, for example, on hold, opting for a deal-by-deal model as they waited for the fundraising cycle to improve. Um, so a few managers had to be more patient, uh, but, but this actually played nicely into our own model as around 25 to 30% of our fund is reserved for these deal co-investments. 
And more specifically, what are some of the greatest opportunities you see going forward and why? Uh, well, we certainly see a great opportunity here. Um, first off, I guess, in terms of geography, uh, the UK, Germany, Netherlands, and the Nordics uh, constitute the largest markets uh, for us. And we expect to continue to allocate around 90% of our capital in these regions. Um, if we look to the company level side of things in small cap markets, uh, we find that the most interesting opportunities are those that have a non-financial reason for the private equity partnership to be sought out in the first place. Uh, to give some examples, many European conglomerates are looking to carve out non-core business units from their enterprises, and the certainty of closing is way more important than price maximization. Um, similarly, founder owners that want to continue growing their companies uh, but require external support are seeking out the right strategic partners to work with far into the future. Um, such non-financial reasons also exist on buy-and-build transactions and also succession cases. And we think that these drivers uh, make for the most compelling opportunities because firstly, they put a downward pressure on valuations at entry. And when you combine this with small companies where the operational upside can be significant, as many of these companies have typically not been optimized for strategy or process in the past, this makes and creates the conditions for outperformance. And if we then look at the manager level and the features there, we see a trend of newly forming managers uh, that are mainly spin-outs from established private equity firms uh, that have raised larger funds and grown out of their traditional core opportunity sets. Um, in contrast, we focus on small fund sizes where this has two distinct advantages of reducing uh, deployment pressures and also increasing the focus on absolute return and carry as opposed to management fees and growing AUM. So quite some benefits there uh, in terms of small funds. These managers also tend to bring with them operational expertise, which really speaks to the founder owners that they're looking to partner with well into the future. So we believe that it's a combination of these factors that really constitutes the sweet spot of our opportunity set. Partnering with proven and very hungry managers who are able to buy at discounted valuations uh, and also able to apply themselves operationally to drive further alpha. And on top of that, many of these companies also benefit from the trends to digitization or automation that James had mentioned before. Exactly. And, and just so in essence, you know, there are multiple levels of, of value creation in the companies, supportive tailwind effects in the markets and strong alignment with the managers that we back. Um, and maybe one data point to share here, across our fund one investments, the average GP commit was 7%. So a lot higher than the 2% the industry standard. On the other hand, Michelle and James, what are some of the greatest challenges you face looking ahead and why? Yeah, so uh, we find that generalist investors in our market face three main challenges. So um, firstly, ensuring access to all the relevant opportunities, um, making the right selection decisions at an individual level, and then creating the optimal portfolio mix. Um, and at Opera, we dedicate significant resources to the origination side. And our success creating um, special access for our LPs is in large part thanks to the network that we built across Europe. Um, and, and that's been developed for the last 13 years. In addition to these efforts, though, uh, we've also developed um, a robot algorithm 
that searches the internet for manager targets. Um, many targets in our particular domain uh, have a very low profile, you know, they're below the radar of traditional sourcing. And so uh, we've essentially automated part of our origination, um, you know, to, to try to find, you know, everything that we can. Overall, around 75% of our pipeline is what we define as off-market, so outside of traditional processes. And overall, we're generating around 200 opportunities each year, uh, which we feel gives us a real edge. But um, in addition to the origination, risk management, of course, is, is key. And we have significant IP to support our selection and monitoring. The Opera EMA model, or Emerging Manager Assessment model, um, helps evaluate a manager's institutional quality in a more scientific way. So it essentially tests the rigor of a manager's core process engines of value creation. So sourcing, selection, transacting, and operations. And then alongside uh, team, and we assess also the character of the founders, which is very important. Um, we've refined this EMA model over many years, um, and in essence, it allows us to make explicit certain qualitative data points that are otherwise more subjective within a complex due diligence. And just the last point I would make here is, is around uh, you know, the importance of optimizing portfolio construction, um, particularly in terms of investment duration. Um, oppor opportunities such as uh, deal co-investments, um, late primaries, early secondaries, with shorter durations creates real flexibility in terms of delivering our performance. So for us, it's crucial to really time workflows to ensure that we have the resources available um, when an opportunity enters our pipeline. To shift gears a bit, James and Michelle, ESG, DEI have been top of mind for the investment industry and wanted to hear how both of you are addressing this, both a firm-wide and fund-wide level. Uh, yes, absolutely. So in terms of ESG, uh, we've been a member of the UNPRI since 2021. And since then, we've been working with their guidance uh, on enhancing our general policy framework. Uh, and during the investment period of Fund 2, we intend to continue the work and also thereafter. In terms of DEI, uh, we're still a small firm. Uh, so our hiring process to date has focused mainly on equality of opportunity as opposed to equality of outcome. And what we mean by that is we do believe in ultimately appointing the best suited person for the job. Uh, but at the same time, we want to ensure a broad based uh, applicant pool such that the process itself from the start is equitable. Uh, that being said, uh, we do believe in diverse teams here at Opera, and we're very happy to say that two out of the five core team members are women. And just to quickly add, um, at Opera, we're very proud to have Michelle as a founding partner and a big shareholder in our business. And I think she sets a great example for other Asian women uh, in private equity. Uh, Michelle and James, we've covered a lot of great ground today and wanted to see if you, either of you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with us. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of our, our plans for the future, perhaps, um, our long-term plan is really to continue building our position as the leading emerging manager investor in Europe. Um, we'll be raising funds of around 200 million every couple of years. Um, we just have a very strong conviction in the scope for growth in general within private equity. Um, but as we say on our website, um, the emerging manager category is really where alignment, performance and motivation are at their peak. So. For us, it's about really capturing and delivering um, the most persistent forms of alpha that we can find out there. And I should say, as of Q Q2 this year, 
uh, we're at 20% IRR across 52 underlying companies. So our performance is on track, um, you know, in terms of what our, our strategy can deliver. Um, and then just thinking about us as a team, you know, as, as a group of professionals, I think our goal is really to strive towards deeper knowledge and IP within our field. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, capturing and, and tracking key data, uh, assessing performance drivers at, at the most granular level, um, incorporating lessons learned. Um, you know, all these actions help us to become better investors over time. And, you know, by staying both um, humble and reflective, uh, we retain the best perspectives um, of our strategy. Uh, and just as a final point, um, I would say we're embracing our passion for, for emerging managers in small cap markets. Um, we're big investors in our own funds, uh, so we're strongly aligned with our investors. Uh, but, but really, it's our energy, insights and hard work uh, that will continue to make us you know, great partners uh, for both our LPs and, and managers alike. Well, James and Michelle, I want to thank you both so much for sharing your perspective with our listeners. Thanks for having us, Ilana. Thanks a lot. Really enjoyed it. And thank you for listening to the Eisner Amper podcast series. Visit EisnerAmper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. And join us for our next Eisner Amper podcast when we get down to business.